a product strategist who is helping startups and larger organizations find their product and market fit he has been guiding companies with product strategy and various marketing methods with focus on repeat usage and retention he coaches teams in organizations on various modern methodologies like design thinking lean principles and behavioral economics in order to create habit forming products interesting isn't it helping a few companies establish two sided marketplace businesses which he also known as platform economy and in case if you are running a startup or if you are planning to innovate in a larger organization you should and must reach out to him to discuss product strategy so we will know more about anand cr and also dive deep into product strategy and innovation in today's episode i'm sure you guys are equally excited as i am hello hi there welcome to the guiding voice podcast series the guiding voice for a better future this podcast is to help professional students it employees and entrepreneurs to shape their careers dear listeners in every episode we interact with industry experts or thought leaders or academicians or coaches across the globe to drive some insightful conversation that will help each of our audience learn great things also we share an interesting trivia or a fun fact about the it world or technology towards the end so stay tuned towards the end so this is your host navin samala and i'll be going solo as sudhakar is on personal emergency so today we are going to discuss a topic how design thinking and lean startup can help entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs and we are pleased to welcome anand to our show thank you so much navin very glad to be here pleasure is all ours anand and let's get started so we'll delve into our conversation and to begin with can we talk briefly about your career journey how you got into this product strategy and also talk a bit about your own startup fair enough um, it's, it's it's been a roller coaster ride and a very interesting one at that uh, i started being a core techie working with the indian institute of science so writing uh, uh, all kinds of core level tcp ip internet technologies code and that kind of stuff but eventually you know then i worked with wipro then nortel networks through wipro and some startups motorola briefly after spending about 8 years i took a decision that from tech i would like to play the role of how to bridge tech and the market requirements that happen so how, how is it that i can build translate requirements in the market how i can drive business and marry that to tech solutions which can address the needs of the customer so that that kind of a profile was product management which i discovered around in 2007-8 i made a shift to product management and since then i have stuck with it i absolutely love it product management if there are any aspiring product managers out there you can talk to me i would love to take you through what kind of a course it is uh, what kind of a journey it is it is an awesome journey i have spent time with vodafone with jio in some startups you know heading the product team and practically building the startup from scratch now i consult with several companies uh, on product strategy it's been a wonderful core journey and uh, from tech to product management and to consulting so i'm glad to talk about not just you know helping you with uh, any product strategy requirements but i would love to you know talk to you about what kind of a journey it is to be in product management that's quite a lot anand 
<laughs> you have started as a hardcore techie and now into product management not only launching your own product but guiding the young entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs so which is such a noble thing and you mentioned about this uh, product management aspect seems it is addictive and in fact we had a conversation with one of our ex colleagues as part of our episode number she quoted beautifully about this product manager you are like a ceo of your product like Absolutely. whatever you visualize whatever you visualize and you are the one who is actually strategizing it and seeing it live so that's such a wonderful feeling that's true you, you <laughs> get to drive you own the responsibility to make sure that your product actually succeeds in the market when it does the, the kind of uh, thrill and the kind of adrenaline rush that you get can only be experienced and uh, that is something everybody should whoever has that that liking should definitely experience that is something i would definitely suggest i i can i can completely resonate with you you can get that feeling it's my product or it's my vision and now it's live yeah, it's right? your baby yeah it's your baby <laughs> it's your baby yeah <laughs> wonderful yeah now talking a bit about the design thinking part of it because of late uh, there has been a yeah. lot of uh, boom around this design thinking and can you talk briefly about what this uh, design thinking is in a nutshell so that our audience get a feel of it and then they can decide whether or not it will be their mainstream absolutely so i mean uh, when i started out in product management what product management actually was was not exactly a well defined structure you know so you did everything that you what that was needed to be done and you hope that you know somehow your product works and it clicks in the market but in the last 6 7 years at least you know um, in the last one decade what has happened is there is a systematic frameworks there are frameworks which you can use one of them is design thinking which works in the problem space and the other one is lean startup mechanisms which was championed by eric rice which works which you helps you in the solution space both design thinking and lean address the problem space as well as the solution space but design thinking does a more detailed job of identifying problems to solve so i prefer to adopt design thinking methods when we are trying to identify customer problems and adopt lean methods when trying to find solutions to those problems but lean methods also give you great insights into the problem space these two mechanisms work very well to discover what the market actually wants and uh, how you should go about it building the product it these two mechanisms these frameworks help you reduce the risk a lot when you want to take some when you want to build something and take it to the market so it reduces the risk quite a bit in specific if you are since you are talking about design thinking uh, design thinking as i mentioned works in the problem space let's just take an example let's say you are an amazing cook in other words you are quite convinced there are lot of people who come and tell you that you cook really well you make amazing dishes you know and you get a feeling that you should actually start a business of your own and nowadays with cloud kitchen doing that is much much easier the amount of capital that you need is also way lesser so therefore these options exist and therefore your inclination to start your own cooking you know business is is quite strong but what does happen is that uh, while you did get confirmation from some of your close relatives or friends that would it that's a very good that's a very very good uh, starting point but when you want to take it out into the market you are still not really very sure 
what exactly the market wants at a larger scale. So one of the ways to do that is to start with some basic surveys of what kind of food people prefer, what kind of, how often do they eat out, how often do they order. This is a typical survey that you would create. Fair enough. This survey is done and dusted. You already have a lot of information that you managed to collect yourself by talking to people. And you also read secondary sources or you know, reports and things like that, which were there out there in the market. Now, once you've collected all this data, what typically you do is in a design thinking workshop, you and let's say you have a small little team of two, three people, you guys get together, you take a big, nice wall and uh, you identify individual problems, desires that your customers face, you know, the problems that your customer face and uh, desires that they have, that they want something which may not be available in their place. So you put a, make a collection of all these issues together and you actually stick it up on a big wall, classify them. And then you sort out very systematically sort out which ones are the most important ones, which ones are not that important, which are the ones which have a lot of resonance with your customers, which are the problems that actually need serious solving, which are the ones which are just wish lists and they're just saying that, how do you read between the lines? When you put two, three minds together, and start discussing it honestly, sincerely. After listing out all the problems on a visual structure like a wall and a post-it note, it makes the amount of utter clarity that you manage to get is immense. You know, the, the kind of clarity that you manage to get is immense. In fact, this is not very new. For ages together, uh, for, you know, for a long time now, detectives, when they want to uh, solve a crime, the way they do go about doing that is to first take a big whiteboard and then, you know, stick and write timelines and see, you know, they map how exactly the crime occurred. Now, we are not really solving a crime. Nevertheless, it's as intriguing as solving a crime. Figuring out the market is as, um, you know, nuanced as solving a very difficult crime. You know, it is like that. And uh, there are parallels and there are, when you discover those nuggets of gold which actually come out when uh, you put um, you visualize the whole thing and when you discuss and put minds together you may discover that what you initially thought was the actual problem to solve is prob probably not a problem at all your target customers probably don't have that issue at all they have an issue which is slightly different and that is the one which requires serious solving so and then that that information what problem to solve is something that design thinking helps you very beautifully you know pull out of the earth and then you know you are much clearer you are very clear what is it that you should actually go after so design thinking is a um, framework which helps you unearth what is the problem and what are the desires which you should go after and which which the which are uh, customers actually require solving that's what design thinking helps you do yeah i think these are some amazing analogies that you shared first one is being a chef and the second one is solving a crime the detective scene and all so what resonates with me is it's more about understanding the customer needs in detail so that you know what you are actually trying to focus on and later on you have a clear customer journey mapping kind of thing and have a vision for it and just follow stick to that plan and at point in time probably you may want to prototype it and then go by the full implementation after receiving feedback from the customer. Is, Correct. is my understanding right? Absolutely. In fact, I've had situations. I've had a few startups with whom I work. And um, the initial assumptions, what we call as the hypothesis, before the design thinking exercise of which is the problem that requires solving. After the exercise, we, did, we, we made a shift. 
along with when we did the overall discussion there was a shift and we figured that the what we initially started with as the problem to solve was different and what was required to be solved is actually a quite a drastic variation of you know that has happened and when that happens it's a it's a aha moment uh, <laughs> oh okay, this is the one to solve okay now we get it you know that happens it's yeah. a very very <laughs> amazing feeling when you do that yeah and it reminds one popular comic actually which says about a customer is expecting a yeah. uh, what do you call a swing kind of thing and yeah. how the technical team interpreted <laughs> and so on and so forth right yeah correct yeah, good yeah great great insights on the design thinking and now let's talk about the other topic which you mentioned this is about the lean startup by eric reis yeah right? can you shed some light around what are the nuggets of uh, lean startup and who it is applicable and all absolutely so they are like complementary to each other so design thinking kind of should lead into a lean lean process you know lean lean startup mechanisms with an agile development process if you are if you are doing software i mean the lean is not just for lean and design thinking are definitely not just for software development so let me make that very clear it is not just for software products it could be like i mentioned in the first case it could be a restaurant business it could be if you want to create an electric scooter you could apply this these logics to any business and you would be better off for doing that than not doing it you know it's a, but but then lean uh, when it comes to software lean is generally combined with agile methods and then you know it works very beautifully and i have seen people using that very well so but then i'll clarify that it's not just for software anyway so coming back to lean uh, design thinking as i mentioned works in the problem space right so it is something that you it, you use use that framework design thinking framework to figure out what is the problem to solve once you are kind of confident that, the, that this is the problem two three problems that you want to solve and this is what you are also good at solving you know it is a combination of these two what is the problem to be solved and what is it that you are good in solving what competitive advantage do you have to solve that particular problem so a combination of that and you are kind of clear that this is what you are want you want to go after now that problem can be solved in multiple ways there there will be so many solutions to a given problem so what is the best method which is the which is the best solution is not immediately evident it's not immediately obvious which is the best method to go after when you want to figure out which is the best method one of the ways to go about is a lean startup framework use the lean startup framework as such i'll give you an example of you know how a lean uh, uh, mechanism works there was this company called zappos which got uh, bought out by amazon quite a long time back and it is one of the celebrated examples of how to implement a lean startup mechanism so this guy wanted to who headed who who founded zappos he wanted to sell shoes online and he believed that he had a taste in shoes which people would absolutely love you know that's his belief and that's the problem that he wanted to solve that uh, real aesthetic beautifully designed shoes and footwear which he would want to sell online now he what he could have done is he could have created an entire website he could have uh, created a database in the back end he could have created a front end website bought inventory got bought lot of shoes stored it in his house and then as and when an order came he could have shipped it that is the you know good old way of creating the smallest e-commerce business possible that's how many e-commerce businesses are actually run they store it in a in a room in their house and they start off a business with starting a uh, e-commerce shop on shopify kind of a uh, online cloud based e-commerce shop but what he did was something different what he did was instead of you know investing 
you know, in, in the inventory, getting all those shoes, storing it in his house. Instead of doing all these things, all he did was he just went to several shops, good uh, shoe and footwear shops in and around his place. And uh, he spoke to the uh, owners there and uh, he said, look, I'm going to take shots, good snaps of your shoes, good ones, which I feel will sell well. And then if I make a sale, you will get a solid cut of it. But I will, uh, you know, uh, do it on my website. So that's what he did. He basically took shots of uh, his own shots of shoes. He presented it well on a very, very, very simple website that he created. Nothing, no bells and whistles. And he just put some basic dollars into marketing it a little bit. It caught on like wildfire. Most important thing that happened was that it validated his hypothesis that it will actually sell. That his it his taste and his kind of uh, choice of shoes actually strikes a chord with many customers and there is actually a market for it and he can continue to make a bigger enterprise out of this idea in case that kind of a response had not come his investment was not deep he had not much to burn he had not taken any inventory sitting in his house he doesn't know what to do with it none of those problems existed so he first validated the idea without burning cash, without burning effort, without burning time. And it was a quick, simple solution, validated the idea, after which, you know, he put in the capital required to make it a bigger enterprise. Very similar story with Dropbox. Dropbox, now nowadays we are all used to using Google Docs and, you know, we are using uh, OneDrive of Microsoft and all that. But Dropbox thought of this idea initially where multiple devices, your phone, your laptop, your tablet, content files structure in any of these uh, devices should be commonly available on the cloud and you should be able to access it from anywhere. This concept was there in the minds, but it was not there in any software. So what the Dropbox founders did, they basically did not build a product at all. What they built was an idea, was a video. They just built a simple video and that video was built in such a way that it clearly described the benefits, how beautifully you can move across devices and then access the same file from any device. It was so compelling with such a neatly created video. And then at the end of the video, they said, subscribe to this. If you're interested in this idea, subscribe to this. He had so many people subscribe to just that video concept. They just He just presented the idea and people agreed to it by subscribing to that. When they did that, it was a big validation of that idea is resonates with so many people. And uh, that kind of completely made sure that he, it was worth, that was an idea worth pursuing and putting money into. You know, and after that, they went about building building something like Dropbox, and they built it quickly in an agile framework with a mini, building a minimum viable. This concept of building a very minimum, very very minimum mechanism to test the idea is called minimum viable product, and uh, this is something that you build the minimum viable product, also called a MVP, famously nowadays. The MVP is built quickly. Go test the idea, validate it, come back, learn from it, come back, make changes, go back check again, come back, you know, two, three iterations. And then you will figure out whether this is the right solution, which will work in the market or won't work in the market. When you have figured that out, you hit something called a product market fit. When you figure out what is the right solution, which actually works. This is how Lean basically, I'm just, you know, giving you a quick summary of how Lean works and with two examples, but it's a little more involved. But uh, broadly, this is the idea. This is the idea behind, you know, how Lean works. After you've done some good, solid design thinking. Yeah, amazing examples. I love the Dropbox and Zappos examples. And uh, a few things which I was able to grasp during this conversation is it's about uh, believing in these leap of faith assumptions. And in case uh, before you trust or 
you you need to validate them first trust is and then validate test the waters and if everything goes well incorporate that feedback and then based on the product market fitment you go with the full blown implementation yeah absolutely in fact, uh, gut feel is very good to have i will definitely not discount gut feel gut feel is an extremely important thing to get but then don't just you know put money on your gut feel validate it with a simple minimum viable product and then after validation put your money into it mm-hmm. and effort into it that's that's the whole philosophy behind these concepts yeah got it so anand now talking about how these two philosophies if i may call them like yeah. design thinking and uh, lean startup how are they going to help both the entrepreneurs as well as entrepreneurs yeah absolutely so if you look at it the most important thing that these two things do design thinking and lean they reduce risk when i say reduce risk what i mean is they make sure that you know they reduce the risk that you are ending up barking up the wrong tree you should not end up climbing the wrong tree where there is no fruit so they reduce the risk when i say reduce the risk there is still a chance after doing all this exercise it is still possible that you know you you do end up barking up the wrong tree but it reduces the chance of that happening a lot it happens it reduces it a lot so for an entrepreneur who has very limited resources who has very limited money to spend he does not have the kind of people to uh, doesn't have the luxury to say you know we will spend 6 uh, months trying to build this and if it doesn't work i'm okay i'll shelve this project that kind of money is not what he has it's a kind of a survival question and you don't want having put together a team having put together brought in capital you don't want to burn it away on a wrong idea you know which does not resonate with the market so that's on the problem space on the uh, uh, lean other solution space it makes it when you implement lean it basically helps you you know um, an entrepreneur can have very minimum resources to build a very very basic idea like in the dropbox example you just have to spend on the video nothing more right and make sure that the video comes out right and then you spend a little bit of marketing to spread the video out that's it your idea is validated you are not really assembling a team paying them salaries you are not you know building code none of this expenditure happens you know as an entrepreneur that happens even for an intrapreneur intrapreneur what happens is that if you are in a big company you want to try something new you are in charge of new product development you are in charge of innovation you don't have an unlimited budget you also have work with a very limited budget it's not an infinite yes there are deep pockets but that deep pockets are not entirely for you so if you have to prove an idea it always pays to make sure that the idea is validated before you make it expanded bigger and scale it up you know so in both entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs it definitely helps a lot to adopt these mechanisms of design and lean and then you know do by that philosophy and then take it forward from there yeah just to summarize my understanding it's about failing fast in case so right and you are yeah. as you are validating at a much yes. uh, early yes. stage and all right yeah absolutely it's failing the more you fail the better you know the, the yeah. point is that success doesn't teach you as much as failure does you know success yeah. there are only so there are only one or two ways to succeed but there are infinite ways to you know fail but it doesn't mean you fail all the infinite ways but a few good failures teaches you what not to do and that's a very very important learning which success doesn't teach it helps a lot to it makes sense to fail a few times understand what doesn't work what you shouldn't do and then find the success and hit the get the product market fit it's a trial and error method but do it fast fail mm-hmm. fast and uh, get to the product market fit that is the overall philosophy about yes absolutely 
great great anand nice uh, tip so far talking about the product vision how does someone create a product vision and any steps to be followed or what are your uh, nuances here you know i guess the one of the best ways to talk about product vision is to you know start with an example one of my all time favorite product visions is that of what elon musk has for spacex to make human beings an interplanetary species to make human beings an interplanetary species as simple as that you know it's very very simple to the point what you do for that is a bunch of things you can build strategies around it you can you can do design thinking you can do lean startup mechanisms to try something all this should align with your north star metric which is you know you when you're navigating your ship you always look for the north star you so that you don't lose your way in the sea right so the north star the guiding direction which you want to always follow and not lose sight of is your product vision so you are very clear what is it that you exist for what is your purpose of this entire enterprise right so that is defined by how well you can articulate in simple words your product vision now it should not just be in your head as a founder or you know as as part of you know your uh, as part of your idea about how to create a product it should actually move in thinking from your mind it should actually percolate to each and every person in your organization right that is how you create a product vision so if you take that example of spacex the idea is to make human beings an interplanetary species that vision everything everybody does starting from the engineer who is building a, a rocket engine to somebody who is you know create managing hr in in spacex everybody is driven by that particular vision which says look we are all here to make human beings an interplanetary species you know that is the power of what a vision can do i mean many companies have a product vision it is written somewhere it is sitting somewhere in a document and then you know the only people who know about it is the original founder even the ceo doesn't know about it uh, that sucks you know that's terrible but unfortunately vision you know they many people end up writing a vision just for the heck of it that doesn't help that kind of a vision should actually percolate and get buy in from each and every member who is who is a stakeholder in the company every employee in the company should actually internalize that vision and that's as powerful as what a vision should be if that is strong then everything you do will be aligned with the vision yeah so recently i was talking to one of the entrepreneurs and uh, he he shared a couple of experience about starting his own venture and all and finally the product that they built right it didn't see the end of the uh, tunnel okay right? and uh, it's it's more about the product market fitment aspect which i felt so can you throw some light on how someone should focus on this product market fitment before embarking on their entrepreneurial journey absolutely yeah yeah totally in fact the finding product market fit is the holy grail of entrepreneurship right so you have you have hit the nail on its head when you manage to find product market fit so you do you do all that you set a product vision and then you you know what you want to do what is your purpose from there you do some design thinking to understand what exactly your target customers want and then later you do some lean startup mechanisms to try different solutions and see what fits very well with your customers what is it what kind of solution will your customer accept just because they have a problem it doesn't mean they will accept any kind of solution you give them you need to figure out what solution will work to address their particular problem all these things you do all this work only to finally arrive at a product market fit so we spoke about iterative design right so you do lean like you build something very simple you take it to the market prove the idea learn what works learn what doesn't work you come back to the drawing board 
repeat again very quickly and then do again you, you don't spend six months to do you know a detailed product uh, project plan and none of those things happen it happens in a question of weeks your first entry into the market happens today you learn something in the next one week you come back one more week of changes make development changes go back into the market very quickly and then see now what is happening are they giving you different feedback is it working better is it, you do about three four iterations and at one point you will figure out that you know this is the set of things which actually works this is what they actually want and this is how we should create the solution now that is where you probably hit product market fit how to identify that you have actually reached a product market fit stage the simplest way to do that is to see what happens if you take away the product you have built a product you have actually created the product and uh, you want to see if you take away the product will it be sorely missed by your customer so you say i'm going to stop this product for some time what what do you think can we you know uh, if i take away this product what will you do and if if the customer if your target customer is telling you that you know oh no 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 don't take it away we we want this we want something like this or he should he or one customer says okay when will you give me this kind of product i am willing to pay for it this is a this is a valid, real validation of your reach the product market fit stage that people are willing to put money if they are making statements like yeah it's quite nice but you know we'll think about it you are still not reach product market fit you have to be very ruthless in in evaluating yourself whether you have reached product market fit i mean it's very easy to say yeah yeah i have reached it now let me go and build something bigger let me put more money into it let me get some funds don't do that till you actually know for sure that your customer feels sad that you are taking it away or your customer is asking you hey give me a better version right now can you add this feature and give it to me when can when can you give it to me suppose he asks you this question uh, can you add this feature by when can you give this to me that is a kind of a question which you understand that okay this guy is really really resonating with what i am building you know that's the indication of where you have reached product market fit i mean there is no one way to figure out whether you have reached product market fit but uh, these are some examples of how you can identify it's a psychological thing these are some ways to figure out that you actually have your customers with you on board with you who are you know willing to put money where there confirmation is that's yeah. a product market fit fabulous tips i would say and uh, this reminds me of the lean principle which is implement uh, pull mechanism like if you are trying to push the product and stop it in case if customers are pulling then you have reached that particular yeah. uh, stage okay wherein the product market fitment is done wonderful so fantastic conversation so far anand but it has been very serious and uh, let us try to entertain our audience with a few interesting rapid fire questions <laughs> and i'm going to ask you a few funny questions and wherein you can respond very crisply if you are okay i'll go ahead with my first question i'll try i think it will be much easy surely it is uh, going to be a smooth ride for you so let me begin my first question what is the most adventurous thing that you have done so far uh, river rafting through pretty rough waters wow i'm i'm here to do that <laughs> <laughs> So here comes my second bullet out of the rapid fire. What is your favorite failure? We were building a messaging app trying to do something like WhatsApp uh, mm-hmm. and we miserably failed and uh, till today that failure has taught me uh, truckloads of uh, what I should not do. That's an amazing learning but yeah amazing failure. Favorite awesome. failure. Awesome and fair enough. Coming to the next one. Was there any situation where you stayed up for more than 24 hours? <laughs> I am not that kind of a guy. I can't do that. <laughs> Lucky <laughs> you. Right. <laughs> Yeah, here comes the next one. What has been a question on your mind which never got answered so far? Why people don't dig deep into the subject that they love? Mm. That that always uh, intrigues me. 
yeah, you you ask a ca why a particular tax exists what is the logic behind the tax he usually doesn't know he knows that the tax is there and what you are supposed to do according to that tax but why does that why did that tax actually come into being usually draws a blank you know you ask a doctor about how evolution works does you know do you get how exactly darwin's uh, natural selection works the doctor doesn't know about it. so these are certain things that you know always gets me intrigued that their own field but they are not digging deep enough <laughs> interesting one it's more about questioning the status quo like we are we are not supposed to carry what we have been told but in case if someone asks questions at the right time then probably will find answers and it evolves great uh, conversation so far the last one for rapid fire what is the best gift that you have received from someone so far the gift of clarity that some of you know my gurus have given me in so in so many fields it may be i learned from uh, some people who gave me a lot of clarity in marketing some people who gave me a lot of clarity in philosophy so many gurus that you keep learning from in day to day life those people are whom i'm indebted to that doesn't come with a money exchange so that's a gift yeah completely agree and in, th- in fact you are fortunate enough to get those things absolutely so fantastic conversation so far and thank you for being so sport in the rapid fire and uh, going back to the mainstream i have one last question for this entire conversation anand what will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers yeah, i um yeah, you know if, if if you know if somebody asks for this kind of a uh, slightly generic advice uh, my only advice Uh, i am i'm a fan of what warren buffet always says uh, it, for to evaluate anybody if you are hiring someone or if you are you know evaluating yourself by and large you evaluate yourself on three dimensions right so one is how much energy you have to get certain things you know what is the fire in your belly to get things done what is the intelligence when i say intelligence it's not just how much iq you have it's also about how hard working and how deep you want to get into a subject you don't have to be blessed with an amazing brain like an einstein but uh, you need to work hard enough to develop enough knowledge to do something before you you step into something you know so that is the intelligence part the energy part to make things happen the third after having these two components the third is that of energy, you know integrity you do all these things but if integrity isn't there if you are not honest if you cut corners you know if you cheat it doesn't take you anywhere you know the best people we have seen the most intelligent people fail dramatically fantastic failures have happened they have fallen from amazing heights and they have you know crashed and made a mess of themselves so if integrity is not there the first two elements are anyway useless now these are things coming i am not saying anything by on my own it's all from warren buffet so this is something that i have learned both to evaluate myself as well as others when we you know uh, when you evaluate somebody else too way either hire or do whatever you are doing in your career right so stick with these three principles and i think you are good to go whatever you want to do start up work in some company any of these in, uh, activities you are comfortable with you we may want to evaluate yourself with these three dimensions i think that should help some amazing tips again so anand this has been a fabulous conversation and thank you so much for joining us today and uh, spending your precious time sharing absolutely your insights with our audience absolutely my pleasure navin i hope your audience enjoys it absolutely so pleasure is all ours and couple of things which uh, will stay long of with me are like in case if you are planning to launch your own product probably you can use design thinking while understanding problem in detail and lean startup methodology while implementing the solution and be 
conscious about uh, spending money so before you burn cash try to validate what you are planning to build and test the waters and then go with the full blown implementation and once it is there you may want to test the product market fitment by trying to withdraw or doing some survey kind of thing and that's how you can reach your dreams thank you so much for the wonderful insights and i'm sure it will be beneficial to all our audience out there and dear listeners uh, you can refer to anand's linkedin profile in the show notes and connect with him if you are having any queries related to product management or design thinking lean startup so on and so forth so thanks again anand for uh, being part of the guiding voice journey in shaping the lives and careers of millions across the globe much appreciated thank you for having me all right so it brings us to the trivia segment of today's episode and today's trivia is about cd recorder the compact disc recorder and the question is do you know how much did the first cd recorder cost i know you are thinking but let me tell you the secret it's about 20000 usd though it was not commercially released but uh, it was internally decided as 20000 usd of course it did not sell for that price in 1991 when it was designed by 1992 these uh, cd recorders were priced upwards of 10000 dollars and above and of course after 1995 they become more affordable they started selling little less than $1000 which is precisely $995 interesting isn't it thank you for listening there is more in store folks stay tuned take care be safe until next time bye bye and we are signing off for today see you all in the next episode with another wonderful guest